What type of games being played? How's it going down? It's all till it's gone that I got to know now. Is you with me or what? Nigga trying to give me a nut. Cause I didn't want to give me the what? Hey, what's up? What's up? What's up? What'd he do? Not much, player. Not much. Hey, hey. So, oh, by the way, this is Sky here from the SWATs, better known as Southwest Atlanta Too Strong. What'd he do, A-Town? But currently, I am in the wild, wild west. What, what about you? Who are you? What's up, world? This is Sills, uh, VA all day, two up, two down. You know what it is. Uh, out here living among these redwood trees and whatnot uh, in the Pacific Northwest. And I guess you might be wondering again who we are. We are the members of the greatness that is the podcast that is Shea Butter FC, better known as Shea Butter Football Club, but it's FC for short. But anyway, we are two black women providing beautiful perspectives on soccer, football, and everything in between. And delivering content with soul and seasoning that'll moisturize your skin, lay your edges, and deepen your love for all things black women. Hey, hey. and this week, we are going to get into a variety of topics in episode two of this great podcast. And so we're going to start off with getting into some vocabulary and sounds so that you can get the full surround sound, high definition version of the Shea Butter FC experience mm-hmm. um, as you're checking out and listening to us talk about games. Additionally, we're going to get into some of the international friendlies from across the world and delve into that interesting performance by the U.S. Women's National Team <laughs> this past weekend. That's one way to put it for sure. Uh, in addition to that, we will be talking about the NWSL, including the upcoming or impending collective bargaining agreement, their first uh, in that league. And we're going to talk about the Challenge Cup, which is the preseason competition for the National Women's Soccer League or NWSL that kicked off this weekend. And we're going to hit you with our ranks and our raves for the week. And we're going to drop a new segment called the Shea Butter Crossover. Woo-woo! which is going to be interesting. I think uh, it's something that we came up with in our minds after uh, ridiculous conversations. Uh, so we just like to do ridiculous things. And so we started a little game. We hope you like it. I'm sure you'll have some different takes uh, and we can't wait to hear about them. But we always probably right. But sure. Sure. before we go there, let's get into the first segment, which is let's get into the Shea Butter FC vocabulary. Now, yeah. Last week when we came through with the first episode, we introduced you to the concept of the Shea Butter Bomb. And Sills, so educate the people once again what that is. Oh, a Shea Butter Bomb is a golazo for black people. And if you don't know what a golazo is, it's a long distance shot um, into the net with the ball from a player. And so in this case though, those kind of shots on goal that become actual goals, we're gonna call um, the Shea Butter Bombs to be anything from the far, the wide, the short, the small, and anywhere in between. As yeah. long as that ball, that thing gets in the net, that is going to be a Shea Butter Bomb if the Black people of the team put that thing in the net. And so, and part of that definition, you know, we had this funky conversation where we were like, what in the world does it sound like? And mm-hmm. you might be like, what do you care? Why does it sound like? Because it's important because me and Sills are musical people. We yes. are. What are we? Band geeks? Band geeks, uh, specifically uh, HBCU bands. We both uh, played in one. I grew up around one. So, yeah. Uh, well, well, I mean, in high school, I was a part of the stylings of the high-stepping styles of the historically Black college and universities, if you don't know what HBCU is. Yes. The marching vibes that are prevalent all across, particularly the southern portion of the United States. And yes. so um, we was about that life. We was band geeks. We represented for those mellophones, hey. trumpets, um, 
because those are the best portions of the van, particularly the French horn section. Oh, we about to I said what about- I said. Yeah. We, 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 we hear, yeah, I said what I said. And so in this discussion, because we are musical people, you were like, you know, what does it look like if you had the full culture experience for the mm-hmm. Shea Butter FC situation on a football pitch and in the stands and on the field and you had the whole vibe? It, yeah. you know, it was like, what if it sounds like when you're at uh, American football game and particularly historically black college and you got the vibes all throughout the game because the bands are cranking and playing those beautiful sounds in the stands on the field at halftime and in the fifth quarter after and it's like so in theory a shea butter bomb if it's phenomenal could have a variety of similar type of sounds particularly if things are like you know big balling big balling yeah big balling Right. I think, drop a clip, shouty. Yeah, uh, courtesy of Jackson State University. Shout out to Sonic Boom of the South. Uh, hey, it might sound a little something like this. Hey. big balling though why why that particular because vibe? you know it's it sounds a little bit violent you know hey and you know when that when that wah, 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 comes in it just sounds like the the ball hitting the back of the net you know what i mean just <laughs> violently hitting the back of the net and i'm just imagining that being in the stadium when somebody hits one of those shea butter bombs that's what it sounds like it's a little disrespectful you know what i mean when it's a when it's a little bit of a bend it's a shot that you didn't even have to take the way you took it uh, but it just is disrespectful and it throws the goalkeeper off and it puts them on the ground. That's that's a big ball. Okay, okay. So sometimes though, sometimes it's not like as disrespectful, but True. it's still getting it, it's still that black excellence that's getting in the net. And so it's a little different vibe. So that made me think of the beautiful stylings of the marching 100 of the Florida Agriculture Royal and Mechanical University, better known as FAMU. FAMU. Um, when they drop that greatness, that is a very classic hit. SOS, the sounds of success. Yeah. yeah. Drop that clip for the people. Oh, you want to hear? Okay, here we go. Let's let's get it. SOS in particular, it gives you that vibe, you know, the whole chance, the whole vibe. 
I mean, when somebody kicks that beautiful thing in the net and you just got to be like, hey, hey. It sounds like success, I think. Oh, yeah. That, that, see, it's that SOS. It's so it's got that vibe. Yeah. But, but sometimes when you out here, you know, you want the whole, it's a collective family type of vibe because there's multiple things of Black ex- excellence happening. Like yeah. Gotham FC for the NWSL is probably going to experience it. The uh, French national team has so much Black excellence. True. You know, they vibing with it. And actually, we're going to talk about them doing some things this week. Yeah. Where you got it. It's just like a whole thing that you want the celebration for what's happening on the pitch after the Shea Butter Bomb drops. That right. you just need to get your swag what's on. The, you got to serve it like, up. collective Black celebration we know right now? Uh, you got to swag surf it out, Shawty. Oh, I'm going to run that clip. This is not an HBCU band, but I, I think y'all know this too. Let's get it. Hey. 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 Some Black Excellence scores a goal. Hey, whole stadium. Swag. Surf. Hey. They get in on the pitch. They get it. Hey, hey, yeah. Hey, hey. All right, y'all know that. Y'all know that song. But like, my dream is to just have a bunch of black players after goal swag sir. Hey, As a all over. The, yeah, just style, just style on them. For, like, do that thing. Do that thing. Yeah. So, oh, oh, so I said styling because. Yeah. When it's not a shea butter bomb, there's more back vocabulary, like the shea butter styles. Right. And this is what we call and describe, what's this is the term we use, describe anything from a nutbag. You know, when you kick the ball in between somebody's legs, um, disrespectfully, the crossovers that happen on the pitch, similar to the basketball court, and then mm-hmm. just straight disrespect doing that thing. Yeah. Like, you got them shea butter styles. And what's the theme song that you need for the greatness that's some Shea Butter Styles? I mean, particularly, um, like, wait, wait, wait. Before, you know, when Crystal Dunn this week in practice ooh, embarrassed yes. and put a teammate on the ground? Yes. With some Shea Butter styling? Saucing them up? Turning them up? Yeah. What? what I think what, when she fell, I think it was her shoulders, then her chest, then her, her pants, pants, and, and her shoes. shoes, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you talking about some wipe me down? <laughs> Let's go. Hey. Hey. Ah, ah. Get that sauce, get that style. Hey, 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 hey. Woo. Yeah, I'm I'm excited one day. Uh, you know what? I'm gonna keep calling players out one day. One like, day. Call somebody up and hit it, hit hit that one time for me. Yeah, give me give me that wipe me down vibe. <laughs> you know, dust it off even if you just need to start with the shoulders. That's fine. Work your way up. Yeah, yeah. And so you know, we we talk about some shea butter bombs, shea butter styles, but we got a few more terms. Yeah. So from an offensive standpoint, um, we got the shea butter mic check, which the the greatness of Kristen Press and Dabinia in particular, and Marta. Yeah. Like to do this quite frequently when goalkeepers are off their line and they feeling themselves, mm. you know, they just ready to warm it on up and do like a mic check and like shoot a shot from far distance to see, are they, you know, the goalkeepers and defense really about that life. Mic check, and it may mic go check. in, may one, two, one, two, right? Yeah. Mic check, mic check, one, two, one, two was good. 
Um, and then the next thing is like a Shea Butter Dom. That is assist. Yes. So similar to the Doms that happen on the basketball court, we call it a Dom on the pitch. Yeah. Um, there's plenty of them this week. Yes. For the defenders, it's a lot of us that are members of the uh, Shea Butter FC delegation. Defenders, stand up, man. Y'all don't get enough love. Yeah, we, we love y'all. We here for y'all. I was one back in the day, but we ain't going to get uh, but uh, <laughs> the Shea Butter Bricks is when you got your defenders doing some brick wall greatness and dropping them bricks and stopping any of that offensive flow. And yeah, this week we got a quite few of those. And then we got the Shea Butter Heat Check, uh, which is basically uh, this game is really physical, y'all. And so sometimes things happen and things pop off and it can be offensive situation. It could be a, a defensive situation. But sometimes you got to do that heat check to let people know what it is, what it's going to be, and what you need it for it to be, and let people know you got the right one or the wrong one. And right. so you got to get that heat check in, uh, in the thing. Yeah, and I think we had a few of those moments uh, in the Challenge <laughs> Cup for sure, yeah? Yeah, we did, yeah. yeah. And so we're going to get into it a little bit later. But then lastly, we got the Shea Butter Drip. Yes. Um, And so basically that is – when we talk about the stylings from the hair to the shoes, the pants, the clothes, all that on pitch, off pitch. And particularly um, got a shout out, you know, somebody like uh, Shanice Vanderswyson. Vanderswyson, fam. Vanderswyson, man. That's all right. You good, you good. Dang, I'm sorry. So, you know what I mean? She got so much drip, you don't even. Yo, she got the she got the fresh cut. She got the, the makeup. She got the everything. She had a jet. She got all the flavor on yeah. and off the pitch. That's example of greatness in terms of shea butter drip. Yes. Marta with the with the lipstick on the field, yes. on and off the pitch. You know, everybody be out here a part of the shea butter delegation near and far and across the globe. Uh, Yeah, that's some shea butter drip and you got to get that props and respect. So, Absolutely. yeah, we got to talk about it. For real, for real. Um, all right. So we hit y'all with some vocabulary this week. And as these episodes go along, we'll hit you with some more as we see fit. Um, but yeah, we're going to take a quick break. And when we get back, we're going to get into some of these international games, uh, including the, we'll say lackluster performance of the United States uh, women's <laughs> national team. And we'll be back right after this break. Hey. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Shea Butter hey. FC podcast with Sky and Sills. And if you didn't know, we are in a FIFA window, y'all. Yeah. Uh, and so that means that the inter- there are many international friendlies all across the globe, including the disaster class that was the U.S. Women's National Team mm. playing Sweden. I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? But anyway, let's get into it. So let's start off with these other international games. Uh, okay. Get these people. Let's let's kick it off with the uh, Spain and the Netherlands. Yeah, so Spain and the Netherlands played on uh, Friday. I believe they were in the Netherlands, but please don't quote me on that. Um, yeah, I watched most of this game. Uh, Spain came out in a three-five-two, uh, which is interesting, right? They had a really crowded midfield. It didn't look like they had a lot of room. But as the Spanish usually do, they don't need a lot of room to to move and get the ball out and, and get into the attack. And honestly, they had their way with the Netherlands. Um, they won this game 1-0. Uh, if I'm honest with you, Spain's biggest problem is still the inability to finish. If they were better at finishing, they probably win this about 5-0. Um, yeah. The Netherlands, 
really the two players that were going to be a threat uh, were Jackie Gronin, uh, who plays for Manchester United, and Liga Martins, who plays for Barcelona. And they were able to really neutralize both of their games uh, from the beginning. The Netherlands had a little more joy when they bought on Shanice Van Sen, who we just mentioned uh, not too long ago. Because the Shea has, Butter group? Yeah, because she has speed, right? So yep. one way to sort of neutralize that very, very organized Spanish defense is to beat them uh, for speed because they are quick, but they're not necessarily fast as a team. And so there aren't many teams that are going to be able to do that. Uh, but they also keep teams in games because, again, they struggle to finish. But I thought that that was a really dominant performance by Spain. And yep. if you didn't know, Spain is coming. So if they ever get a second striker, everybody's in trouble. So yeah, they're definitely teams goals. out for the Netherlands are still the reigning European champions. Uh, I'm sure they will figure something out before the Olympics. Um, I don't know if they're necessarily the favorite going in, but they're still fun to watch and they're a very loaded team. Uh, but they've had a couple of pretty bad international games. So here's hoping they turn it around, at least uh, give us a competitive Olympics. Another match that took place on Saturday, I believe, is Germany-Australia. So this was sort of billed as the clash of, you know, the stalwart titan that is Germany, right? Twice World Cup winning Germany, defending Olympic champions. They didn't have their A-plus squad, I guess you could say. I know Marazon and some of the other players are out, uh, but it's still Germany. And they won this game 5-2. They were really dominant. It was 4-0 through like the 80th minute for them and they pretty much had their run particularly of sort of the central and just off of the central lines um and i mean they still have the brits they still have pop they still have other players that are very good um and australia who's sort of been touted as the up-and-coming next great team seemed to really struggle against them they got both of their goals after the 80th minute when they were already down for nil uh and that's in addition to allowing germany another goal in that time uh so despite having the talents of say uh, I think it's rude. It might be Ford. I can't remember which Arsenal striker it is. Um, and, uh, you know, somebody like Kennedy and Alana Kennedy and, of course, Sam Kerr, who is their superstar player. Uh, they're going to have to have sort of a gut check moment here. And they, they got the bricks beat off of them, right? So they're going to have to see how they uh, react to adversity with a new coach and, and everything else and what that's going to look like because they, too, are going to the Olympics. So um, we'll see what Australia does. Um, I'm interested to see what the next games look like for them after this loss. Uh, And the other sort of big matchup, and I just want to shout out Chile for qualifying uh, for the Olympics. They played Cameroon. That was a wild game as well. Um, But Chile won, I believe, 2-1 and got their spot in the Olympics. So congratulations to them. Good game from Cameroon, um, including Estelle Johnson, who plays for Gotham FC. Shout out to her. Hey, Um, And the game of... The weekend, I guess, besides the United States, Sweden, depending on where you live, was the France England clash. Uh oh! Wait, wait, wait! Now, it's a it's a Shea Butter alert. Shea yeah, Butter. This is, Shea this Butter. Is very Shea Butter game. Let's get to it. Side, uh, for sure. And so, just a few things, right? France does not necessarily have their A team either. Several of their players, including Wendy Bernard, Amadine Henri, uh, and Delphine Cascarino, were kept for protocol. Uh, Leon had to outbreak the team that they play for. And so they were all kept out of the international friendlies. They had an outbreak. Wait, wait, just clarity. Outbreak for COVID-19. COVID, sorry. Yes, a COVID outbreak. Uh, because we are still in a panini, right? Yep. So, uh, so to be cautious, Leon kept those players. And so France is loaded. It, it kind of doesn't matter. Some of it does, but not really. And England, 
I believe was missing Steph Houghton and I didn't see Lucy Bronze on the list. So I'm assuming she's out as well. Yeah, because uh, your homie Rachel Daly had to bleed fullback at some point. Yeah, yeah, I think it was Daly and, and uh, Greenwood. We'll get into that in just a second. Uh, but yeah, full disclosure, that's sort of what the roster makeups look like. Having said that, it was a pretty uh, it was a pretty slow game for about the first maybe 20, 25 minutes. And that sort of picked up steam. Uh, the truth of the matter is, though, in this game, that England back line got worked. Worked! Uh, worked! The speed uh, and on the ball skill of that French front line, which is all black, if I'm not mistaken. At least it yep. was this game. It's a bunch of Shea Butter Styles. Yeah, a lot of Shea Butter Styles on that. All that sauce, all that vibe. Hey. Very talented people who start for their own, own clubs. Um, and I want to point out particularly the first goal. It was uh, run by Katadu Diani. Uh, shout out to her. Some of y'all might remember her from the Women's World Cup. And there's only one defender that I know that could shut her down. We'll talk about that in a little We're bit. Done. Uh, but it wasn't Alex Greenwood because she started from behind her, ran onto a ball, like blazed by her in a way that I think Alex Greenwood is still trying to figure out. Um, dimes it, right? Lauren Govan, another Shea Butter delegate, sort yep. of dummies the ball. As she's standing in the box and it gets passed and said to Sandy Baltimore. And and for, a Shea, for a Shea Butter, for a Shea Butter Dime. A yes. Shea Butter Dime to Sandy Baltimore, who then lays a an unfair Shea Butter bomb, right? She takes this extra touch that she doesn't need to take. So what that uh, sound like? So what did that goal sound like for the people? Oh, I think her goal is big balling. Big balling? Yeah, it was. Yeah, a little bit, sure. little bit violent, right? Um, I also think you probably would have swags her because that was like a it was a, a family, family affair. affair. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they could have swag surfed after that goal and I would have been fine with that. I heard <laughs> hey. it. I heard it, right? Um, so yeah, it was just a beautiful uh, run of play, beautiful teamwork, uh, all Shea Butter all, all the time, and a real disrespectful goal, right? She took an extra touch. She took it off her left. She bent it back left uh, to the outside post where the keeper had no chance. So, uh, you know, we love disrespectful goals like that here uh, at Shea Butter FC. So hey. We went out for that. So uh, props to Sandy Baltimore. She's going to be a problem for a lot of people. Um, but there was also some excellence on the other side, right? You want to yeah. talk about that? Oh, yeah. Like Nikita Paris. Yeah. She should have had a few goals. Yes. But it wasn't coming. She was mic checking. She had the Shea Butter mic check a few times. Yeah. She had quite a few shot attempts that I don't know how she didn't get a shot in the goal. Yeah. So while so while France was styling on the back line, um, they were, I mean, England was attempting to, they was trying to Frank Kirby, the Frank Kirby, the great was trying to her and Nikita were trying to link up and do things, but it wasn't getting in the net. Not at all. Right. They struggled to finish, but they did find space, right? That French team does have uh, some defensive issues again, particularly with no Wendy Renard who's often touted as the best defender in the world. Uh, She certainly missed. You could tell that their, their organization wasn't quite as well. England got into spaces uh, with them. I think particularly Paris and Kirby and Hemp uh, were able to sort of exploit those spaces. Again, they just lack the the finishing, right? And the consistency. Right. And I guess the ability to break on the counters uh, as much as they're used to. So it was a really good matchup. They certainly didn't treat it like a friendly. It was a bit testy. Um, yeah. There were, penalty, there were penalty kicks for both teams. And yeah, yeah. A great matchup and a preview for uh, United States fans because we play france on tuesday and yeah you should both be excited and a little nervous i think yeah oh by the way there was another sh- there were oh, oh yeah. france had nothing but shea butter nothing bombs, but. even with the penalty 
And yes. then uh, also- Toto High, stand up. Yeah, in the 82nd minute, Katoto did that thing. Yes. Um, was that, that was a shea butter dime to a shea butter bomb. Yeah, Diani had two uh, shea butter dimes this game. Woo! So, so really we- out her bag. Uh, her shea butter She bag? could be a problem. She could be a problem next game, but uh, we happen to have the one defender that seems to be able to shut her down in a one- crystal done so oh we'll see what this looks like oh so i guess we need to talk about <laughs> the team Ooh, speaking of this speaking of that's a good segue into the u.s women's national team playing sweden in sweden um and uh yeah so before we get to this game let's rewind <laughs> again we got to go back to the she believes cup okay because I, I i know the u.s women's national team is really dominant but people forget that in that win against Brazil, there was a lot of stuff exposed mm-hmm. that are problematic with this roster. Now, on the left side, you got the Stalins and greatness of some two of the Shea Butter FC delegates right. of the Crystal Dunn and Kristen Press. And at midfield, you had Lindsey Grant. And so this effectively right now is what is gelling, vibing, and clicking on that, that left side of the pitch yes. is off the chain. Um, you have, but... The bigger issue in that Brazil game, despite them winning 2-0, was what was happening in the right-back situation, where the candidates at right-back who were currently on the roster mm-hmm. and in camp were getting worked and twerked every which way. They can't handle speed. Yeah. And so part of it's position playing, part of it's injury, part of it is you're not about that life. Right. Let's be real. And so... Basically, what happened while Kristen Press scored early on beautiful interlocking play on the left side, and honestly, they could have burnt down Brazil by themselves on the left side, yeah. just with the flow of how they were moving in between each other and interlocking and interweaving balls and stuff and working yes. space. Um, the right side was really problematic because since you had issues at right back, a lot of the defense was having to shift. Even yes. Crystal Dunn was having to go cover the other side of the field. Center backs were all out of position. Defensive midfielder and Julie Ertz had to drop back and defend while attempting to attack. Uh, you then had uh, the midfielder and Roosevelt having to drop inside and drop mm-hmm. back. But more importantly, your w- winger and Lynn Williams was having to more so defend than actually be a forward right. uh, most of the game to cover for the disaster that was happening in right back. Right. And so this in particular in this game, even though they won 2-0, it was super taxing on the team. And so you saw players be super tired and effectively miss obvious goals, particularly Kristen Press, Roosevelt, Lynn Williams in the second half. And Blackwell had to sub all them out at some point. And it was because one person <laughs> was struggling really hard against the speed of Brazil. Right. Well, I knew from that game, I'm like, well, if a team looks at tape, you have the way to dismantle and cause problems for the current state of this roster. No matter, uh-huh. even if this isn't what's going to happen because of injuries like to Tobin Heath in particular, yes. then you 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 have an opportunity to win and beat them in a friendly. And what did Sweden decide to do? Watch oh, the tape, it looks like. <laughs> they looked at the tape. And so people might be like, so as we said, this was a disaster class for the U.S. Women's National Team is because... They were completely off today, but it was by design. And you have to give Sweden props because they watched Absolutely. the tape. They knew that the left side was the most powerful side. So they decided to make it do what it do. So they came out in a 3-4-3. Three, three, yeah, 3-4-3. Three, three. And, every, and everybody was tripping and talking about it. Like, you're being disrespectful. You're going to get burnt up by the front line. Well, 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 they had a plan because <laughs> it wasn't really a 4-3-3. Three, three. Right. 
it was really a four is it was three four three my bad and they were intending on <laughs> disrupting that left side yeah. and so you really should call it the three four three with intents to put multiple players around Kristen press and Lindsay Horan mm-hmm. body Lindsay Horan all game to get her out of her game flow right. particularly with Asalani just have her body her and anybody just hit her at every place to get her out of the game get her off um because right. if you disrupt Lindsay Horan you disrupt the whole chain yes. between the the uh, forward line with Kristen Press and the back line with uh, Crystal Dunn. Also, they swarmed Kristen Press in particular to prevent her from moving around and getting yes. open and forced her to get pushed wide to be effectively out the picture. Um, and then they were putting people in between the passing lanes and crossing lanes. So yeah. none of them on that left side could get into any kind of rhythm and cut back and get close. So yes. they would like put an extra, def- have multiple defenders to cut off passing lanes. And so it was disrupting them. So you disrupted the entire attack of the team. Right. Add that to the issue that was happening at right back that you had a Kelly O'Hara that was appearing for the first time in a while after injury, who was clearly struggling, handling whatever speed, surprisingly, with the Sweden team. Yeah. And then you had, again, the same issues where your right, your right winger is having to play defense in Lynn Williams. And mm-hmm. then your midfielder is having to cheat inside and then also kind of defend and everybody's getting shifted all out of place. And all on top of that, Sweden's placing themselves to just break up in this rupt passing lines. Yes. But more importantly, you started a nine in Carly Lloyd, who since her knee injury, honestly, hasn't been the same. Yeah. From last year. And she hasn't been what she looked like before the, what was supposed to be the original time for the Olympics. She hasn't been nowhere near that and honestly has been a little bit slow and been slowing down the offense. I don't know what else to say different than that. And so for that reason, since they don't see her as a threat, they're not swarming extra people. And so it's causing problems because when they're allocating all their resources to just disrupt everything on the left side mm-hmm. and then on the right side, they're letting the they're letting Lynn Williams come screaming into the box and then effectively forcing her to just run out off the pitch and run out of bounds. Right. It's a problem because when your nine isn't, it'd be it'd be one thing if your nine is potent because then they'd have to they can't put all that focus on the left side, right? Or they can't go add an extra people to Lynn Williams coming in the box or Roseville when they don't care that of your threat because of what's happening in past games, then you have an issue. And so as they're allocating all these uh, resources to other players, you had Carly Lloyd going a little too slow coming in the box to help out the wingers on both sides. And so they didn't have the extra player. So Kristen Press would get the ball and have nobody to really cut to because, oh, they took uh, Lindsey Horan out the picture. Lindsey Horan had to pass backwards because there's no yeah. non-president. Or Lynn Williams comes screaming in the box where you're like, I'm looking at TV and I'm like, where is Carly Lloyd? She needs to catch up and be in the box so Lynn can cut back. She's looking to cut back, but she can't cut back because right. nobody's there. And so this caused mad disruption and everything just frankly look off. So, yeah, I agree. I think that Sweden's defensive shape, uh, particularly in the first half, was just really good. Like you said, they overloaded the left. They really disrupted uh, Lindsay Horan. Again, that first half, she was passing backwards a lot. Like there wasn't a lot of forward attacking. And then when there was or when there were crosses, they were always just a smidge off. Right. Um, Roosevelt found a little bit of joy, I think, just with her creativity and being able to dance, you know, coming outside in uh, right. from the right. And, and so did Julie Arts. 
And yeah, and being able to get the ball on her left foot a couple times, there was one really good save uh, that the goalkeeper made. But she, you know, she hit it on target. Uh, but having said that, we had more shots, we had possession, we had all of the things that we normally do. But we were just off. I mean, it looked for the first time like players were in preseason form. Right. Um, the communication was off. People were making passes, but people weren't making runs. Like it was just really disjointed. Uh, Jalera's had a pretty good game, right? Because it sort of forced her to come up and help in the attack so she could run centrally or she could run to the left because they weren't necessarily defending her as an offensive threat. So she had a lot of room um, and she's just a really good ball winner. So she was, she was able to do that. But again, there wasn't, there weren't players on the end of those, those passes. Right. right. So just look really disjointed. And like, we couldn't quite figure everything out and we weren't pressing back, I think. So right. uh, like we normally do. So it just looked, pretty sloppy it got better in the second half but Uh, i mean they did make that error (laughs) oh i was trying to not think about it but yes uh this game did end up being 1-1 um sweden scored in the first half off of a corner kick set piece yeah well uh, break this Uh, down for the because it's been a this been a um one of our yeah because one of the members of the delegation has been blamed for this set piece and we need to clarify what exactly happened so First and foremost, uh, I will scream it from the rooftops. I hate zonal marking. Zonal marking, for those of you who don't know, if you think of basketball, right, and how you play zone, usually a 2-3. Uh, zonal marking is the same concept in soccer on set pieces where you would cover an area instead of a player. Yep. Um, you can do a combination of zonal and man, but that doesn't really make a lot of sense. And you need to so, communicate it. <laughs> yeah, and it, and it takes a lot of communication in zonal marking, which doesn't seem to be our strength in those moments. Uh, so the United States has been trying zonal marking for several years. This isn't a, this isn't a just trying it kind of situation. Uh, sometimes they go back to, to man marking, for lack of a better word. I know it's a gender term. But this time they went zonal. Uh, and again, Sweden watched the tape, right? So yep. you had two players. One of them is the eventual goal scorer standing back from the congestion right at the goal. One player goes forward, right? Carly Lloyd follows that player. The other player runs off of Kristen Press to the to the near post, I'll call it, right? Because how you orient your direction is depends on what you're looking at. But runs off of Kristen Press to the post, right? Which is not her area, right. um, but it is Lynn's. Now, the key here is the player waits till Lynn Williams looks back because she's not there when Lynn checks her space. Then she makes a late run in. The pass goes over Lynn Williams' head, which means it's a good pass. Sweden clearly practiced that. And the player gets her head on the ball. The other issue becomes the goalkeeper, in this case, Alyssa Nair, has come up to try to get the ball, but she doesn't Mm -hmm. have an actual play on it. Like, it's out of her line. And the header that is hit by the Swedish player actually goes right to the spot where the goalkeeper vacates. And it goes in because there's nobody there to stop it. Now, with zonal marking, you know, you have a few players that drop back. So in this case, Kristen Press takes about two steps to the left. Crystal Dunn comes up on the corner, but she stays there. One, because she's 5-1. But two, you're supposed to have players out uh, for an outlet pass. Sure, your forwards can break in, right? Or your shorter players can break in to defend. But I feel like it's just even more cluttered, particularly when your goalkeeper decides to come out. Mm-hmm. Um Really, it's a bad play all around, um, and it's a real lack of communication. And I'd actually really like to hear sort of what Blacko saw in that moment and what was the actual defensive plan there. Right. Uh, so I think a lot of us are just guessing uh, how the breakdown happened. But all of that to say, 
yeah, it wasn't it wasn't good defense, and Sweden knew it, and they had a game plan, and they executed yeah. it flawlessly. And executed, and they went to the half, one nothing. Re- Alyssa did redeem herself on right. a save right before halftime on the breakaway by Rolflo, I think, um, where she was just really big and, and made a direct save uh, that kept it one one nothing, and yeah, and kept us in the game. Uh, it was a better second half, and yep. We made some substitutions, right? We bought in Megan Rapino for Lynn Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a few minutes later, bought in Alex Morgan and Sam Ewis for Carly Lloyd and Rose Lavelle, respectively. I might have left Rose on the pitch and switched yeah, it out. I would but, too. Um, because now Lindsay's played a full 90, which means I don't know if she's starting against France. Um, Uh-oh. But continue. So, yeah. So we'll, we'll see what that looks like. But they seem to be able to find more space. I think more than anything, that was Sweden getting tired because – no matter how badly we're playing, it's really hard to guard the United States or defend against the United States in that way with that intensity for 90 minutes. Right. Um, we're in better shape than just about everybody else. Like, right. That's an advantage, right? Um, but they found a little more joy, still not connecting on those passes. There were a few runs in there. Right. were missed on crosses. And it was just, again, really disjointed. Um, yeah. But for all of the heat sort of that Kelly O'Hara is taking, she did make the run that drew the penalty. Yep. Um, you can call it a foul instead of a penalty. It depends on where you think the foul began, but she did touch her in the box first. So maybe yep. that's what the ref saw. So nonetheless, the United States was awarded a penalty in about the 85th minute. Yep. Uh, and Megan Rapino was on the field and she used the penalty kick God. So uh, she was able to get it in the net and we were able to walk out with a one, one draw, which honestly is probably more than we deserve. So right. Um, even when we're bad, we find a way. <laughs> so, yep. That's the U.S. Women's National Team white man. Yes, that's the, yeah, I guess that's the, the gift and the curse, right? So yeah. um, all of that to say, that's what international friendlies are for. I think Blacko was using this time to evaluate some talent. Um, and at the end of the day, friendlies don't actually cost us much of anything. And it's a chance to look and it's a chance to play against really quality competition. And Sweden yeah. is always that. We always have a, tr- we always have a hard time against this team. And what's your, does, you, you have an analogy for that, actually. What did I do? Oh, like the pebble in the shoe? Yeah, they are the pebble in the shoe. Yeah, they're the pebble in our shoe. Uh, <laughs> they're not necessarily the best team we play, but they just play us really well. It's probably right. because they're adaptable. It's probably because they're equally physical. Um, but we certainly respect Sweden. Uh, this is, of course, a team that knocked us out of the last Olympics, so we will have some revenge on our mind. Right. Um, but yeah, it was it was worth seeing, even though it was painful. Uh, hopefully, we learned some things, and I'm interested to see what Blacko does because he was out coached. Um, yeah. So, so what do you think will be the lineup next, next game? Because uh, I have- if I, if I were making a lineup, mm-hmm. um, I would absolutely start Alex Morgan as the nine, because I think yes. when she came in, right. Or if you want to get really frisky uh, and try some things. You can try Christy Mewis as a nine. Ooh. Uh, that could be fun, right? That you could be fun. Nine or false nine. I don't really care. Uh, but I think she's a really good goal scorer. I think she has a yes. good knack for goal. And I think she reads the field well. Yeah. I would also probably start Sam Mewis just because Lindsay played a full 90. Yeah. And that's on the left side. And for me, when Sam Mewis starts, I think Megan Rapinoe should start. I think they have really good chemistry on that left side. Yep. I would move Kristen Press to the right if that's the case. Woo. Okay. Um, and then I think you can play around with that back line a little bit, right? At this point, you don't have a set right back, certainly not during these friendlies. Why not give Alana Cook a try yep. at center back? Um, just because she plays for Paris Saint-Germain or PSG, which yep. a lot of the French team, particularly this go-round, plays for. So she sees a Diani or a Katoto or a Baltimore practice. in practice 
every day. So she has maybe some inside information on how you kind of shut that down Mm -hmm. uh, because she has to do it more than anybody else on the team. So I'd pair her with Becky Sauerbrunn. I would move Tierna Davis into left back because she can play that position and play it well, right? And she's a great passer. She's great in terms of joining in the attack. So is Alana Cook. I would move Crystal Dunn to the right. And that gives you now a loaded right side, right? With Crystal Dunn, Roosevelt, and Kristen Press. Woo! We haven't really seen that before. That'd be fire. I would like to ask the question, right? Like, let's see what happens when you put those three on the same side. That'd be uh, fire. Really three unique, different players who are creative and sort of gifted in ways that I think the United States doesn't always handle well. But I really, I'd be really interested to see how they work off of one another. And all three of them are really disrespectful and want to embarrass you. So right. um, I'd be here for that experimentation because this is the time to do it. Before a Roosevelt service to a Crystal Dunn or a Crystal Ooh. Press service to a Crystal Dunn or a, well, okay. there's so many combinations. Oh my goodness. Yeah, there's a lot you can do with that. So um, that would be sort of my dream starting 11. I, I don't know if Blacko has the same dream. So, but yeah, that's what I would be interested in seeing. Blacko had the dream. Give <laughs> us this greatness on this side, all the Stalins. Yes. For the shea butter greatness that can bestow your body. Woo! Yeah. But I, so I guess that we will see what's going to happen with that. This very well could be a disaster class or a, a, a redemption story. Yeah, exactly. Either way, we're going to see. But uh, that game is at on Tuesday, uh, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 12 p.m. Pacific. Uh, tune in if you can. I believe it's on ESPN. Yeah. So, yeah, take a look. Support the the players, even if you don't support the team. Uh, right. Some good football coming, and these international friendlies this week. Um, yeah, yeah. So that was that, all. Yeah. So I guess we need to we we gonna move after this break. We're gonna get into the National Women's Soccer League, the homegrown team, and we're gonna talk about the stylings of the Chaos Cup. I mean, the Challenge Cup that has <laughs> brought back the preseason for the NWSL. And of course, with chaos is the foolishness and the greatness that is the league and some incidences that happen. Um, We'll talk about that after the break.